Take some four. Episode two, take four. <laughs> part duh, duh. <laughs> yeah, because the other ones were part dur because we screwed them up. Yeah, we gone fucked up this week. <laughs> okay, we were we had busy weeks. Dude, I know, man. Like between traveling and then inspections, like I'm fucking I'm mentally fucked. Like I'm mentally beat right now. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah In a good way. I mean, everything worked out. Like everything is like the way it should be. It's just you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. How come you don't turn when I turn? Oh, there you go. Yeah. But I guess uh, our inspection yesterday, I was just like Are like, we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, sweet. I see. See, it's cool because I can kind of see the little record button in the in the corner. That's how I know. Technologies. Oh boy. This is my this isn't book reading, Carly. This is like straight up mentally fucking exhausted, Carly. Yeah. This is a nice little digression to uh before Leah sees me, so that way I'm not all fucking loopy and shit. <laughs> Intercepting you before Leah to get all the craziness out. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, how'd your inspection go? It went well. It went really well. Um, the guy was super nice. What was the guy's name? We had Brian. We had Ryan. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, he was super chill. We started talking about fantasy football and. We started talking about the bills and it was like super, I mean, honestly, if you did everything right the first time, it was fine. Like literally everything we did was satisfactory. Like he had no complaints. Uh, Maybe one suggestion of like adding maybe another paper towel dispenser on the blue wall. Not a bad. No, I mean, I was like, well, I was going to, but then two of the, two of the five, no, excuse me, four, Two of the six paper towel dispensers that we have are broken. Why so paper towels on a plyo box over there. Uh, we might, we might do that. I, I also don't like the aesthetic of that. So that all about the aesthetic. It needs to look a certain way. Speaking of looking a certain way, uh, our graffiti guys uh, actually starting tonight. Like he's almost done with the stash drawing. Sweet. Yeah, no, we're super happy about it. So. It'll be uh it'll be a nice little thing to come into tomorrow to to look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, I mean that was good. I mean, honestly, the inspection, you know, they put a I don't know if we talked about this on one of the <laughs> episodes we didn't actually record. Um but they put a lot of fucking fear into you for no reason. You know, it's like there was literally nothing to be afraid of. Like you did everything right. They're not there to like try to shut your shit down. Um, which I get it if we're trying to like get people to like get everything together, you know, like, but it was definitely terrifying leading up to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely terrifying. And it was, and it was like, I don't know, like it was, the guy came and he was like, all right, I'm here from the health department. Where's your safety plan? Okay. And like, we went above and beyond for the safety plan. Like we put together a like four page, like bullet point of everything that we do. And all he wanted was a stupid New York state thing 
that literally takes like five minutes to fill out. And I'm like, this is all you wanted? Like, I can yeah. give you more. I got ours down to two pages, but I used the New York State thing as guidance. But like, in order to be thorough, I like filled out everything in detail. So it's still be two pages. So. Same. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. But at the same time, like... I'd rather be thorough than all of a sudden they're asking all these questions and we don't have any answers. Like right. we have no answers to, to anything. So to each their own. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. No, I, I talked to Vin. He, uh, he hasn't gotten his scheduled yet. So Who um, I mean, scheduled yet? Vin. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw Furchin got his, He's also in Niagara County, and uh, Zach got his, but he's also not in Erie Genesee County, County, I think. He is? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Genesee County. Oh, fucking Leah's going to yell at me. Put your seatbelt on, Carol. Oh, my God. First things. Oh, my God, Kylie, put your seatbelt on. I'm getting there, bro. I'm getting there. I don't just put it on right when I get in the car. You should. That should be your first step. Oh my God! I feel like I'm listening to the same person. <laughs> uh, we should but probably yeah, get yeah. Into questions. Yeah, let's get into these questions that we've already answered. That we've already answered for like, three times. Uh, this will be the fourth time that we are answering. No, this is no third time, fourth third. night that we tried. Yeah, correct. Third time, fourth night. All right, so I remember them off the top of my head now. So, okay. yeah, uh, I don't have to look back and who fucking said what. Um, so, first two questions come from Gage. The first one he asked was when he can do the Tom Brown classic. The answer is fucking never. It didn't, it's been never re recording one. Re-recording two, it's been never, and re-recording three, it's still never, Gage. You're never doing the Tom Brown Classic as long as I'm coaching you. Period. End of story. Hashtag Central New York. Um, Gage is going to listen to this, and then he's going to stop using you for coaching so that he can do it. Probably. I would be shocked if Gage actually does listen to this. He better listen if we're answering his questions. Well, I doubt it. Um... I'll actually, you know what? We'll release the episode, and I bet you if he doesn't, and in five days, I don't hear something. Be like, hey, I answered your questions. Yeah. And we, oh, you did? And then he'll actually listen to the fucking episode. <laughs> actually, uh, speaking of listening to the episodes, my mom finally listened to the first couple of episodes. Really? Yeah. She was like, wow, you're really good at this. I go, are you shocked? Like, Like, I'm sorry that, like, you've known me for my whole life and you don't she has think to I say that she's your mom. Well, she was like, like, it wasn't just like, you're good at it. She was like genuinely shocked that like, I could actually like hold conversations and do things. You could and talk I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, like what the fuck? She's like, yeah, like that was really good. And like saying it in the surprised mom, like kind of voice that, You've always heard before, like everyone's always heard before. Ay vey. Carm. Good old Carm. Yeah. I was like, oh, thanks, Mom. Yeah. I've only been doing it, you know, for close to 20, 20 something weeks. So 
I feel like we should have gotten good at this kind of thing. We're, we're getting decent. We're getting decent. <laughs> uh, yeah. This episode of Answering the Questions might be a little bit more sassy, at least on my end, because we've already answered them a bunch of times. This episode is a shitstorm. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it will be better next week. Um, all right. And the second question from Gage was, why do I do so many reps? Hashtag Westside. And what we did was we go into the differences of what Westside can be used for. Uh, Marge is going to talk about it in an athletic performance sense and how it's useful. Some slight difference between conjugate and Westside because a lot of people like to use them interchangeably. And then I'm going to talk about it from the raw powerlifting side um, and why I don't find it fitting for what we do. But to switch it up, let's you know, let's throw a little change up here, Marge. How about you go first on this one? Wow, you're and I'll go with the raw, raw powerlifting. You're letting me speak first. Look at that. I mean, elders, elders first. Elders first. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so for sport performance, we I actually do see a place for West Side slash conjugate style training. Um and we use it in the gym quite a bit, but what we've done is we've taken components of it and made it our own. So I'm not the type of coach that's like conjugate or nothing, Like you know, I still, and all of our staff has still gone in and, you know, looked at all sorts of strength coaches and obviously done our research ourselves and formulated our own opinion of what we find works and what we find may not. So our basic programming format does follow closer to a conjugate style. Um, so we have max effort, we have a max effort day, we have a dynamic effort day, and then we add in a max volume day, um, which is more of their fatigue resistance day. So traditionally you don't find that in a normal conjugate system. Um, now, that being said, we still have them do accessory work, just like you would, you know, in one of those styles. And a lot of our athletes will be doing stuff with a barbell, but we don't immediately, like, put a kid under the barbell or put an adult under the barbell if they're not ready to handle it. So they might be doing unilateral work, and they might be doing a max effort split squat with a dumbbell, you know, like a right. goblet split squat. Um we now, do you do you feel like that aspect of what you guys do is comes from a little bit more of personal training? Because I feel as though when you go to like a collegiate strength and conditioning program, a D1, D2, or D3 program, they put you under a bar and they don't make those modifications. Do you find that your experience as a coach has um, put you in a position to put your athlete in a better position? Yeah, I think because our program's more individualized, um, we do have the freedom to do that and decide how kids are going to start off their programs or how our adult clients will start their programs. However, we have our team training branch and we'll work with a group of, of athletes. You know, right now Kyle's got a baseball team of, I think, 23 guys. Um, so if they're doing a strength program, we – prior to working with them, organize our progressions and regressions of the movement. So like our staff knows 
if someone can't perform a barbell squat, that's fine. We're not going to force them to do a barbell squat. You know, we're going to take a look, break down, you know, where can we move them to? Like, maybe we go to a box squat. Maybe we go to a goblet squat. Or maybe they're not ready for any sort of bilateral movement and we switch them to unilateral. And we phrase it in a way that's not necessarily like, oh, you can't do this yet, so we're moving you down. Because when you work with teenagers, there's egos involved and you don't want to hurt their pride at all, um, especially if they're in a team atmosphere with their teammates. Yeah. So we'll say, you know, we see you're doing this. You're going to get the most out of this workout if you do this movement. And then we just switch into that. Um, so we do use it. Like if you talk to any athlete, any parent, any coach who is getting involved in sport performance and they say three things, they want to be bigger, faster, and stronger. And the way that our programs are outlined, you get bigger on volume day, you get faster on dynamic day, you get stronger on max effort day, and you're working on those in a combination of all of the days. So I think that our format, we, we're pretty proud of it, um, but it's not a template be all end all, you know, like West side or die type of yeah. idea. Like it's still very personalized. Absolutely. And I also feel as though a lot of when you, when you see like a West side or die type of program, it can be extremely successful, but it also has to be with the right demographic and the right population of kids. Like, um, you know, when you, when you're talking about, I don't know, let's go with Alabama, right? You're going with Alabama football. Um, you're getting some of the most genetically gifted people in the entire world. Um, at that at that single time. Right. And if you give them a, pure conjugate west side style program it's going to work wonders for them right but when you're talking about every i feel like a lot of the other tiers you need to make it the kind of changes that you do with a um you know more of an individualized approach like you can do a max effort in that variation of that movement if you're able to but we can find the variation that's going to work best for you and still get the most out of it yeah i think i mean i've personally as an athlete i've done West side, you know, so I know that it works. Um, like when I was in college, I got strong as hell doing West side. Um, and I got strong for my sport. My sport was one rep at a time as hard and as explosive as I could be. So it was very fitting and I've seen, you know, sprinters be very successful with it. And I know that it just, I think it also really depends on, you know, the coach, I think, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with someone who was very familiar with that model. So he coached yep. the right way. You know, I think people see that they see West side or they'll like pick up, you know, the book or they'll watch West side versus the world. And they think I can do that. And then they just kind of dive in, but there's still a lot of science behind it. And I think that if you're going to do it, do it with someone who gets it. Yeah. And also, again, I think you hit the nail on the head and it's a great, I think, segue into the other argument is it's very, it helps you become better at your sport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that at the end of the day, that's the main thing that um, we're all trying to get the point across is it, it gets better 
that type of exercise and lifting program gets you better for what your sport that you're competing in. Mm-hmm. And it's a great facilitator to that, to that sport. Yeah. Which means, I mean, to, you know, segue into your side of things with raw powerlifting, if that's your sport, how are you going to get better at that sport? And I think that's where you'll agree that, you know, volume comes, comes into play. Yeah. And again, it goes through specificity is the, is the number one thing, right? Like the main reason a lot of people, you know, not going to mention any names, but we both know who it is, you know, that enjoy because of all the variation in the world, right? Like it's just, I get bored with regular raw powerlifting, like squatting is boring. Benching is boring. Deadlifting is boring. boring. (laughs) Like, and doing the same movement, it gets really boring. No shit. Like I totally agree with you. It gets fucking boring. Um, but at the end of the day, that's the sport you want to be good at, right? Like, uh, you, it's like doing the little things in practice that make you better at your sport that you fucking hate doing. It's the same thing with, with raw powerlifting. It's all about repetitions. It's all about getting in the exact same movement with slight variations. You know, like, you can change three different things. You can change frequency, you can change um, intensity, and you can change volume. And, you know, you don't want to change the movement necessarily too much. (laughs) And I think that's where Westside doesn't help you. And in addition to, you don't get the kind of volume that you need on the little things that you're working on. Um, You know, you're not staying in a certain rep range. You're always in one uh, energy system for training at all times. And that's not, for me, in the way that we treat powerlifting, raw powerlifting is not staying in one mode the entire time like that's where people are always say you're burned out or you're peak too much or you peak too early like that's the kind of issue with that and you throw in the next issue with with west side west side style training with uh, raw powerlifting um is the equipment like it, it worked well for a certain type of equipment that was used for that sport right like you used a triple ply suit and like doing exact effort. Like a lot of it is purely technique work. And what you're working on is box squat technique work. Like that's what you use that to transfer over. It's like doing high bar squats and raw powerlifting for low bar squats and competition. You use that slight variation. That's, you know, pretty much the basis around uh, your sport. And that's what you work on. Um, so I think that uh, those three things are why, I don't agree that uh, Westside should be a part of raw powerlifting. I, I think it's flashy, but I don't think it's as as useful as it should be uh, as it is a multiplayer lifting. I think that what the draw to it too for a lot of people is it's the fun parts, right? It's going yeah. heavy. Like we all want to go heavy all the time. Like that's we're meatheads. That's the point. Um, but then, you know, we also enjoy doing that speed work, but volume sucks. Like no one, aside from maybe you, because you're a psycho and you love volume, but like people don't like volume and it's hard, but it's a part of it. You know, like it's, it is what it is. It's, it's your drills during basketball practice. It's your, you know, reps. If you're a thrower, it's your line drills, which suck. It's it's drilling for the movement. So I, I, I see both sides um, because I think there's a place for it. And then there's also not a place for it in some sense, some senses. So 
Absolutely. I don't think it's, uh, and I know I never will discredit it a hundred percent because I don't think that that's right. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's used for very specific things and should only be used for very specific things. Um, you know, if you're a burned out power lifter and you're just looking for something fun to do, that's still in that kind of style. I feel like that's a perfect type of program for someone like you. Um, you know, it's like you still have some like, you know, you're still lifting heavy, but you're not training to get ready for like competitions and stuff. Right. Um, I think that that's a great way of kind of uh, keeping that bodybuilder in you, or excuse me, that power lifter in you going, even when you think you're done like competing and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great question. I, you know, Maggie and I said this on the previous recording of this episode, but it's always good to talk about, um, you know, the West side or not West side and why should you, or why shouldn't you? Um, cause a lot of people, I think there's a lot of also, you know, misinformation or pe things people don't really understand about it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's definitely a place for it. Um, and I'm definitely not against it, um, by any means. It's just not the be all end all for me as a strength coach. No, uh, it, I guess that's a good question or a good segue into the next question, uh, which was from Kev about our influences. Oh yeah. I forgot about this question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how because we've answered it already. <laughs> I mean, when you've answered it a bunch. <laughs> um, so, uh, this question was: anyone you look to learn from, or question mark, or have learned from in the past? So the way Maggie and I treated this question was uh, a couple of our mentors. You know, who we've learned from in previous experiences, who we take away from, and anyone we hope to learn from in the future. Right. So I think um, I can answer this both as an athlete and as a coach. Um, as an athlete, I get, well, it kind of trans translates into both because, you know, I was, I do both, but um, I think it was really cool to learn from Ray Williams in the squat um, because he's the best in the world. So like, why wouldn't you want to learn from the best in the world? Um, and on that same token, learning from Jen Thompson in the bench press, um, there's tips that Jen said and cues that she used that really connected. And I use them still with my athletes and I've given them to my staff, but even personally as a lifter, um, I thought those were great. Um, some people that I would like to meet personally, Kim Walford would definitely be on that list. Um, just because I, respect her as a lifter and just as a competitor as a whole I think she's just a a badass um so I would love to meet her and you know hear from her a little bit um and then I would also from a throwing end like to meet Adrienne Wilson I've not met her I've competed against her um she threw unattached when I was in college at a meet but I was just like, oh shit, I didn't want to go up to her. <laughs> um, uh. She would be cool to, to talk to. But um, strength coach wise, definitely influenced first off by my coach, Ed, um, from college, Ed Jaskolski. Um, you know, we just talked about the West Side part of things, but you know, he taught me to love the weight room. Um, so that was a huge you know, shift into my, my coaching methodology. Honestly, 
Also, the first teammate that I had show me stuff in the weight room, Dom Gonzalez, he sparked it for me too. Like, granted, I was a shitty freshman that didn't listen a lot and didn't go into the weight room as much as I should have, but I vividly remember him being the first one to really show me how to squat. Um, so I definitely don't take that for granted. Um, but then like transitioning into professionally, um, obviously Tom McCarthy, who I currently am partners with. Um, and then, um, guys like Lee Taft, um, I like to follow his stuff a lot. Um, Brett Contreras, I like some of his stuff. Like I, like I said before with the West Side thing, I take pieces of what people have and I decide what I like. And then, you know, grab those things. Joel Seedman, like, I don't agree with all of the things he does. Some of them are kind of crazy to me, but um, some of his stability work, I think, makes sense. Um, so it's just, you know, follow Nate, obviously, Nate Harvey. Um, he's another one that I pull a lot of influence from. So I think in Buffalo, we're fortunate because we have a lot of connections to the strength world. Um, yeah. So it doesn't seem like a, as huge of a deal to, you know, meet some of these people, but I guess in reality, it's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. Right. But yeah, it's just kind of always pulling from people always, even like Matt Veronica and I love conversations and he'll say something and it's like, Oh, that really makes sense. So it's not so much like taking new ideas, but it's just twisting how people um, present them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's like similar to you where you take a lot from everyone, you know, and, and I don't really have like a, an exact person where I'm like, yeah, like everything I have is just modeled from this exact person. Um, and I, I don't know if I could ever be like that. You know, I, I, I just make everything my own based on what I've learned from other people, you know, yep. and I can't really say who is the biggest influence, you know, it's, it's more of like when things make complete sense and you can plug them in and it makes logical sense to the athlete and to yourself. I think that that's a lethal weapon. Um, Cause then they, it's more buy-in for them. Not, not, not because it's, you know, they get it just because it makes like they can understand it and apply it a little bit differently um, than if, you know, if you're just saying something to say something. So, Definitely. you know, I think like that sort of tactic has been, has been the best. And, you know, that's just learning from all these people to put it into that, into that tactic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Max is a big one. Nate Harvey, all of the college uh, strength coaches that I've learned from, um, this guy, you know, down, he was like the first guy I ever learned from Jason Haber at the aquatic center. And this dude like was just traveling up here. His wife was on residency, uh, in Buffalo. And he was a like beach trainer in, in Miami where he literally pulled people off the streets to do workouts and did 15 to 20 minute workouts with them, you know, on the beach, off the beach, walking the boardwalk. That was like his gig. Mm -hmm. And, you know, learning how to hustle from him and learning how to talk to people was huge. Um, learning the back ends of how to run like a corporate gym and, you know, corporate structure. 
um, from best fitness, you know, getting to know what EFT was, how to keep retention, you know, those are big things. And it goes into how you make your own story uh, behind your own coaching philosophy. Absolutely. And, you know, I thought about this question, you know, after obviously the episodes didn't get recorded, I thought about the second half of who I'd like to meet. I think it's more meet and like sort of pick their brain than it is to like, just like listen to them because I, I feel this adoration for them. Right. Um, uh, Gino, two actually college basketball coaches. One um, I've met that I know you're about to say. Gino Oriema. Yep. And Mike Krzyzewski. He would be Coach a great K. one to. Uh, you know, getting to know them and, and, and you know what, not for nothing. Sorry, Bills fans, but I'd love to meet Bill Belichick. Like, yeah, honestly. I would agree with you on that. I mean, you can't deny the fact that the guy knows how to coach. I mean, he might uh, be connected to the devil somehow, but he still knows. I mean, Bill, Bill Belichick, um, you know, and Gino Oriema, and uh, who's the Tennessee coach, the women's Tennessee coach? Coach Pat? Uh, Pat, Pat Summit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are some of the most winningest coaches ever. You know, Phil Jackson you could throw in there as well. You know, those are those are some of the most influential coaches and people who change the game and cha- change the way you perceive, you know, coaching uh, and winning. And not not because I want to learn how to win. What I want to know is how to stay at that level for that long. Yeah. You know, like how do you keep performing year in and year out? Like, what is it that that you get? And and you know, those are the little things that I really could learn from. And that's more of like I guess on a business level. Um, you know, because the more you put into your athletes, the better that the business is going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think those, those two guys, those, I should say three to four people I really want to meet. Yeah. I think those are great ones. Um, well, it was funny when we met Gino, um, wasn't he a super nice guy? Yeah. I think I told you the story we were at. So Kyle trains, um, a local girls basketball team and they made sectionals. And so they were playing above state. So we're like, oh, let's go, you know, watch. And we like to go watch the athletes and stuff. So um, Kyle and I walk in and he just stops and he just doesn't say anything, which if you know Kyle, that's kind of weird. And he, uh, I'm like, what? And he's like, that, that's, that's Gino Ariama over there. And I'm like, no, it's not. And then you look and I'm like, oh my God, yes, it is. I'm like, well, go say something, because Kyle's said numerous times that this is a coach that he's admired, you know, as a basketball coach himself, just he adores him. It's like one of his idols. And I'm like, Kyle, you can't not say anything to this guy. Like, when are you ever going to get the opportunity to see him again? And he's like, okay, okay, you're right. So he goes up and introduces himself. And Gino was very nice. He was, you know, just sitting by himself at Buff State's facility which is a long, long way from UConn. Um, but he was great. You know, he, Kyle talked to him about how he was a coach himself and he took the time to listen. And then we walked away and it like made his night. But yeah, Gino was, that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm super jelly of that because he's, he, he is amazing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was a great, a good question from, from, uh, from Kev. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we finished with two of Rachel's questions. Yes. 
I think I know what they're talking about. Yeah, the pet peeve stuff. Oh, yeah, that was our last one. But didn't she have a training one before that? Yeah, so uh, her first question, so first of three, they were all really good ones as, like, you know, kind of lighthearted stuff. Um, I guess, like, uh, we chose favorite accessory exercise, but the way that we broke that down was what our favorite accessory uh, for each movement as an athlete and a coach. So we did upper posterior, upper anterior, upper or lower posterior and lower anterior. I thought we just did it as an athlete. Did we add in coach too? Yeah, we did. Oh shit. I no, we just did it as an athlete. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because we thought it was too hard to answer as a coach because yeah. every athlete is different. Correct. Um, so upper posterior, anything triceps because the shot putter in me will never not do triceps. Um, I also really like any sort of like mid to upper back work. Just, I think that's kind of more of an aesthetic thing. I think that women just like to have a really toned looking back and I hate using the word toned, but I said it. Um, I prefer to have a jacked looking back, but um, women prefer to have a physique to their back. So, um, that's definitely there anteriorly for upper body. Oh yeah. I said, uh, bamboo bench press, um, because I like the, like the stimulus that it gives, um, having unstable shoulders, probably because all I do is triceps. Um, bamboo bench definitely helps with that and bamboo overhead press. Um, then posterior lower body hamstring work. So I like RDLs. I like GHR because I'm a sicko. Um, but I think it's because we had to do it so much in college that I was forced to like it. Um, and then anterior, this is where I had an issue because I just don't like doing quad work. Um, so I would say, I think I ended up saying, negative single leg squats to a bench yeah so that would be my answer for that nice and we're opposite uh, the lower body yeah, right? we are we are completely opposite <laughs> so i um for upper uh upper body uh posterior i just like a basic mid row i'm very basic when it comes to my favorite accessory exercise you're very basic anyways that is not that true. Um, but no, I, I fucking love uh, just any sort of mid-row variation, um, preferably cable, uh, and just get a nice little back pump. Uh, upper body push, uh, just a regular dumbbell flat bench. <laughs> or honestly, a cable seated machine bench. Um, Damn, you are basic. I know uh, the leg uh, posterior lower body is a a hamstring curl, a seated hamstring curl, not even a lying down one, the seated. I do like seated hamstring curls. Uh, It's just an easy exercise. That's like that meme of that old grandma drinking the wine at the gym. That's what she was doing. Um, And then my, and then I think my upper body anterior was Bulgarian split squats. I just like, I, I don't know. Either that or, uh, like, I hate setting up the sissy squat. I would prefer the sissy squat, but setting that up is just a pain in the dick. 
Yeah. So besides, uh, if I didn't, if someone set it up for me every time, I'd say sissy. But since not Bulgarian. If you can hear chirping in the background, do you hear it? No. Oh, that's good. Because of all the times, Hercules sleeps all day. But now, when I need him to be quiet, he has this little bird toy, and he's carrying it around, and it chirps. So he's flinging it in the air, and it, like, chirps and then falls down. So if if listeners are hearing chirps, I apologize. It's my cat. I can't hear it. (laughs) It should be all right. (laughs) We're not recording this again, so deal with it. (laughs) No, no, we are fucking not. Um, Our last two questions were also from Rachel. It's what's our biggest pet peeve as a coach, and then what's our biggest pet peeve as a as a human person. Biggest pet peeve as a coach is saying. I think what I did was saying no or saying yeah. can't. Um, so, or if I see that the intent isn't there. So, if you not only are expressing like verbally like no, or if I can see by when you're doing it that it's you're shutting down um that's when i get peeved um because it's i prefer for obviously my athletes to communicate with me i don't want them to tell me the the two-letter word that makes me angry because that's just you not giving a shit um now if you have a valid reason um fine tell me like that's I'm an understanding human but uh, if you just don't feel like it and you say no or if it's hard and you're just like I can't do it like if that's your reason because it's difficult then I'm gonna get really angry Um, and then it's you know if I see that you're half-assing it but you're not expressed like if you are having some issue outside of you know the weight room or outside of practice then communicate it with me. Cause then I know if you seem off, there's a reason, yeah. but if you're just being lazy, like if you're just going through the motion without any sort of intention, um, I'm going to get angry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. And, uh, what's your biggest one as a, as a human? Um, well I had two as people who walk too slow, um, <laughs> that drives me bonkers. And then people who won't open their eye, like who don't respect other people. So um, like if, and pretty much, you know, now more than ever, I think this is an issue. Um, and obviously I won't get like political by any means, but um, people who won't sit down and have conversations with someone, whether they agree or disagree with, you know, what their opinion may be, um to educate themselves and get a better sense of you know the situation um if you are just being a dick and saying what i say is right and no one else is correct then that's that's irritating but um i think you know i'd be more open to sitting with someone and talking to them rather than being like, screw you. I don't want anything to to do with you. Um, and people who just like shut down and say, you know, this is the way it is and that's it without taking in anyone else's thoughts. Um, and like digesting those that's irritating to me. Absolutely. I agree. 
Yeah, I, we also. I also picked two, and that was one of them. I think the way that I summed it up was ignorance. Like, just yeah. don't be ignorant. Like, you know, uh, and, and just. I mean, just don't be a racist either. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Don't be a dick, man. Don't be. Just treat human beings. What the fuck? This is stupid. But. Yeah. And then uh, mine as a human, my biggest one as a human is mismatching fucking socks. Oh, fucking yeah. Hate it. <laughs> fucking hate it. it. I don't know why it drives me so nuts. It's like I envision wearing two different socks and like one feels weird. One's at a different height, <laughs> a different thickness. It fits weirder on the foot than the other one. Uh, fuck it. I can't. I will have you know that the other day my socks did match. Um, and I was going to actually tell you about it. Like I was going to text you, but I was like, nah. And then yesterday they did not. So we're back to, uh, back to that. Back to normal. Yep. Did it feel like good or different? No, felt the same. Oh my God. That's... It's not like I choose two socks that are different heights. Like I pick two that are at least in the same shape family. Yeah. Yeah. But like you can clearly see if I'm wearing mismatched socks, you can see like still there's still the ankle ones, but you can tell like if yeah. one's black and one's gray. Yeesh, not for me. Sorry. That's all right. Um, and then my coach one is I've said this before, probably to every athlete, is just don't let me want it more than you. Mm-hmm. Like just don't if you just shut down, kind of something you were talking about with the physical side of giving up um like just always keep working at it and if you don't want to like you got to tell me your goals have changed like i'm not a mind reader i can't tell like i'm gonna keep adhering to the goal unless you tell me otherwise and that's just it's just not fair you know it's like why are we putting in so much effort if you could give two shits less you know it's like there's plenty of other people out there that want as much uh, of us as we're giving to them and not half-assing it right so, yep, short and sweet on that. Definitely, yeah. those are like hard lines on the pet peeves. Like, there's no, there's little to no wiggle room on those viewpoints for me. So, match your socks and don't be a racist. Yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> not that hard. <laughs> uh, I can do one of those things successfully. Yes, yes. <laughs> My socks will never match. Uh, that's funny all right marge all right well hopefully we don't have to have this conversation again uh we can have a conversation just not this one (laughs) but yeah i think we're planning on doing a part three right you still got some questions we uh, we still got like a couple of questions awesome so. so i'll post our story on instagram again if you guys have any other questions send them our way um yeah and Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.